If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Obviously, this month is Stoptober, and last week was World Mental Health Day. Um, in conjunction with that, we thought we might do a little show about sobriety. Um, we are three members of the West Amway family that have been sober for various amount of times and for various reasons. Um, but I guess we just wanted to highlight sobriety in football um, and sort of put a positive spin on it. Sam, would you like to go first? Would you like to tell everyone sort of like your journey um, and and where you're at now and how you view sobriety? I've been sober for just over eight years. It'll be eight and a half on uh, like Christmas Day. And, and um, cheers. And so my take on sobriety is, is that for years I wanted to take control of my drinking because I kind of knew it was out of hand and it got worse and worse. And to be honest, one of the main things that I thought about when I was making all making lists of reasons why I couldn't ever be completely sober was like my social life, really, the main part of it, the most important part of it has always revolved around West Ham. You know, it's going going to West Ham, my mate's been doing that since I was very young. And that always revolved a lot around drinking. And it was as much a day out as the game itself. Very often more important than the mm. game itself, because so for so many years, the games were so shit, you know. So like I felt it was the only way I could get through it. And uh, so I, I always thought, you know, it's just very important part of my sort of life and my identity so when I gave up, I gave up because I felt like I had to. I mean, for years I thought, oh, I know I drink too much. And, I, you know, for years it was making me feel shitter and shitter in the aftermath. And and in the end, I let it get out of control in my sort of mid to late 30s. And so I had to seek help. I went I went to the Priory, turned myself in. So it was one of those ones where sort of like a crisis led me to take the action that, you know, maybe I should have taken sooner. It took me a while to get my head around being able to go to the pub and do the same things. And a lot of people don't. You go to AA and people go, you shouldn't go into pubs, right? Because it's too much temptation. Me personally, and it, what different, different people, me personally, I'm never tempted. I, I, the thought of having a drink at this stage in my life never crosses my mind. That's but, I do, but I do love going 
to the pub before the game. And I, I love, you know, I go to pub in various scenarios. Sometimes I go there with my kids and my wife and we'll have dinner or something. But at West Ham, I like going with my mates before the game and after the game. Cause, and I still go and I, I like to think I'm still just as much of a noisy dickhead as I ever was. You know, I was in Prague. I saw you in Prague, didn't I? And, and you know, I've been to a few European European games and I had such fun, like, getting to them, you know, when you do the old trains, planes and automobiles on uh, across Europe to get there. And you bump into so many other fans and you're on the train and everyone's pissed up. And people go, ah, and, you know, come sit with us. And I go, nah, I'm, I'm sorry, no offence, I'm going to sit up there. And they go, why? I go, because I'm going to have a sleep and you lot are all on the piss. <laughs> well, and you're on the piss. And I always say the same thing. I go, oh, just massive alcoholic, drug addict, fuck up, mate. Can't do it anymore. And everyone goes, oh, all right, fair douche. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> and it's so much, it's so much easier than going, uh, I just don't feel like a drink because that just sounds shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Make you drink, don't they? People, people just people want... will try and make you drink or they'll judge you. But the moment you own it it's and you go, This is me, I was an addict, yeah. I've done all that, I fucked it up, I ruined it. I often say I ruined it for myself. I envy you because I can't have that fun anymore. I ruined it for myself. So I'm not allowed it anymore. And that's just the way it is. So I go, I'm going to go and have a kip up there. And they go, fair enough. So I have a kip. And then once I've had a little kip, I come back and join them when they're pissed. But by that stage, they're like, yeah, there's that geezer that doesn't drink. And then they'll start going, like, mate, how did you quit? Because there's always <laughs> one person in the group. Who wants there's to always one person. Like, group, you, how did you quit? Yeah, I've been thinking about it myself. You know, well, so. That one person in the group was mark at one stage mark can you remember mm. you gave yeah. me a call and you said to me about my sobriety posts and then started yeah. asking me about questions how long have you been sober for and how is it going well i think the journey for me when it started getting serious i i really thought i want to get sober was about 18 months ago but i've been sober now completely haven't touched a drop in just over 10 weeks now so it's been you know it's been a sort of a tough journey in a way because for me I wanted to I tried the whole moderation thing like Sam was saying I, I hated it didn't I, I'm a bit of all or nothing and I don't really understand moderation to be honest I don't know how people do it this whole sort of go to the pub have a couple of pints and go home I think well, what's, what's, yeah, what's the boring. point yeah. <laughs> I just don't, it, it's just like teasing right. yourself you know what I mean it's like being on a diet and putting a cake in front of you and I like, I like being well, so don't buy the cake don't, don't I like it. being pissed or sober yeah, exactly. yeah. Not like in being in between it's just like oh, i just constantly need a wee i just feel uncomfortable yeah that's exactly it i was exactly the same and uh, for me it was just like when i spoke to you jess wasn't it i was just i got to that point where i just thought I'm, it was getting worse the hangovers were getting worse um depression was creeping in um, mm. and getting worse and anxiety was going up it was just getting to a point where thinking do you know what? I think I'm, I must have about 10, maybe 20% of the week when I feel all right. The rest of it, I'm feeling like shit. And I just started looking forward in my life. I think I've got young kids. Do I really want to spend my whole life feeling like this? And it, it had to stop. It just got to that point. It was like the, the, the now in the coffin. And actually, the now in the coffin for me was last Christmas. That was when I knew like, firmly I had to stop because basically I could see it was having an effect on my family. And I think that's the moment. Once you know your kids have been affected by your drinking, it's like that's a pretty low moment. Um, but like you've been saying, uh, to be honest with you, I've totally echo everything you've been saying so far on this because I actually, 
I thought it was going to be like a nightmare. I thought this is going to, how am I going to do this? How am I going to go to West Ham? How am I going to do all these things but not having a drink in my hand and be able to, because I'm, I'm like Sam, it was like, and I'm sure the same for you, Jess, I got just so accustomed to being drunk at West Ham. It was just part of, it was part of my identity, not just at West Ham, away from West Ham as well. But there was no way I could do it. But I actually found it quite um, uplifting to go now. I, I love going West Ham and I, I enjoy the day more. And I'm, and I'm actually sitting there thinking, why do you need drink in this environment? I'm, I'm watching my football team play. I'm at a football ground. This is Premier League football. This is amazing. Mm, um, I think to myself, well, how would I want to ruin it by getting drunk? And it's, it's crazy like, how much it, it's changed. The, the, the thing about like being pissed that I don't understand now, looking back in my life, being a pisshead, is exactly what you say, right? The best things in life just bring you joy. Going to West Ham, being with your mates, being amongst right. all those people who are like, you know, you feel like you're part of a family, right? And you're watching a game that you love and you're watching a team that you love. And it's your favourite thing to do. And it has been since you were a kid. And when you first got into it when you were a kid, you weren't drinking then when you first fell in love with football and with West Ham. Mm. You weren't drinking then, but you fucking loved it, didn't you? And it's just, and so it's like, when I feel that, when I'm doing something I love, why do I also, on top of that, yeah. need to drink mm. as well, right? In yeah. fact, the feeling of being drunk is the same no matter what you're doing, right? So yeah. you're almost distracting from the natural joy that you can get in football. Christmas is exactly the same, right? What's not to love about Christmas? For most people, you know, you wake up, there's presents, there's loads of food, there's you're watching telly, you're having a laugh with the kids, all of this great stuff. It's just fucking brilliant. So it's like, mm. oh, but actually what I'm going to do is I'm going to tune out of all of this by getting pissed, yeah. right? Yeah. You're tuning out of the stuff that's going on around you that is already absolutely fucking brilliant. I think that is because there's stuff going on that you want to try and hide. You're not in, mm. you're not, not enjoying the moment. Yeah. You, you are hiding something that's behind. Because I know that you'd still have a good, I'd still have a good time at Christmas. I'd still have a good time down West Ham. But there was something that I was trying to avoid. There were there were feelings that I was trying to. Yeah run away from you're and trying to forget something exactly yeah. and that's why I did the drinking it was it wasn't because I just really wanted to get pissed up and like enjoy the moment even more I wasn't enjoying the moment even more so much anxiety came with that yeah yeah mm, but because yeah. I was hiding things then I then that's why I needed to drink mm, and I think mm. now obviously the relapse has happened and I needed that like Mark said to me on the phone like sometimes you need a huge wake-up call to realize what you were doing for so long was so right mm. and I think it's so easy especially with mental health to slip back into I'm okay now like I'm fine like I'm doing really well like everything's working out for me so let me just go back to drinking because everyone does it so it surely it must be all right for everyone I can't be the only one that can't do it but and then so quickly you realise that actually you you just can't hack it and you can't do it and the, and the feelings have come back and actually the reason why you wanted a drink in the first place is because you're avoiding something that is actually deep down going on and once you've addressed that then you can go back into a situation where you just don't need to drink football you just don't need to drink going out with your friends to the pub should be fun without drinking if you mm. need a drink to go out to the pub with your friends change your friendship group it's not there. <laughs> You know what I mean? If you're are, out with your yeah, family, the, uh, family yeah. and your yeah. and your family are so boring that you need a drink, stop hanging out with your family. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's not. Yeah, yeah. It's your surroundings that's the problem. It's not actually you. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's a saying in recovery, isn't there? Um, halt, which is hungry, angry, lonely, tired. Right. Mm. Th those are like four most common triggers that you have to look out for. 
So, I yeah. mean, for me, I, I actually found it because I, I was—I'm I, I still am now, but I mean, I was really small at school, like tiny. I was like the smallest right. in my year, like you know what I mean. So yeah. I found like I suffered a little bit from confidence in that. I mean, I used to right. talk my way out of it in school. Yeah. I used to make sure I make people laugh and that. So, but drink for me was like a godsend. Like I loved it because it was like I could get pissed in front of my mates. I was really noisy then. I was mm. chatting to girls and people thought, "Oh, he's a bit of all right." Do you know what I mean? He's a like a bit of a lad and. I, I just found it like a great alter ego came out. I loved it. Do you know what I mean? And, mm. I, and I kind of just carried that on into my that adult life. And so losing drink for me was quite tough, actually, because it was almost like losing a big part of me. Like I thought, I, I, how am I going to cope in the world? Like you were saying, Sam, it's almost like you've now got to learn, go and talk to adults in a room for a couple of hours and you've not got drink now to ca- help you out and yeah. get, move you out mm. of the room. And I actually found that a bit challenging to begin with. But again, it's almost like anything. Once you've done it a few times, it's actually not too bad. You actually realise, actually, I, I can cope here. It's all right. Because um, I'm quite a chatty person anyway. So I didn't really need it. But mm. that's what I found it quite daunting. And I think a lot of people do. The idea of going to, if, you, if you're thinking of stopping drinking or at least cutting down, then the idea of going out with your mates and not drinking, it's, it's quite a scary thought. Um, but all I'll say is that I actually found it quite invigorating. I liked it. Like coming away, I, I don't know what you feel like, Sam, but when you first went out with your mates and and, and you then came away sober, it's quite an amazing mm. feeling. You think, oh, I can't believe I've just done that. And I had a good day out and I didn't drink. Yeah. And yeah. I just had that moment where I I thought like I'd stop drinking. I just thought, right, I've made a decision. I'm not going to do this anymore. Yeah. And I, but it was still very early, still in the first few weeks of it. And I got caught in that moment where it was really annoyed. I'm really annoyed with myself. I'm glad it happened in the end, but, I was caught at that moment, went to the bar, and someone just turned to me, ran to everyone, like, what are you having? Beer, 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 beer. And everyone looked at me, and I just went, yeah, go on then, I'll have a beer. And I thought, I wish I'd just been stronger. I went, no, no. Mm. And I had the beer, and I ended up having, I didn't have many as well. I probably only had about four pints, maybe maybe five, four and a half, something like that. And, yeah, I blacked out. Um, can't remember getting home. Horrendous state, awful. And it was just, and, and do you know what? I'm kind of glad it happened, though, because... The next day, it was, it was it was almost like just it was just like the decision was made for me then. Like, yeah, yeah, this is just to confirm you shouldn't ever drink. Like, this is what happens to you. Like, every time you have that little, so every time I have that little moment of doubt now, where I think, oh, should I have a drink? Oh, should I? You know, and then I just think, I no, just remember that night. And uh, to be honest, I've not looked back since. It's been it's been great. And mm. yeah, sometimes I think you need a little bit of a kick every now and again, just to, you know, especially when you're on that journey. Because I don't I don't know about you, Sam, but it certainly wasn't like a light switch for me. It did it was a bit of to and fro in back and forth from moments where I had thought, do I really want to do this and all that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was sort of like years and years of me trying to stop and then sometimes stopping for long periods. And then that gives you the illusion of control, right? Because you go, I mean, you know, stopping for October, that's a great thing because if you only just do it for one month and it just, you know, it's good for your health and get your head straight and then you go back to it, fine. But some people might do it and think, fucking hell, maybe I could live my whole life this way. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I obviously did six months sobriety when I was in rehab. I didn't think that I had a problem with alcohol when actually I, I did a lot of work in rehab to realise that I did. So I used alcohol to control my eating disorder So mm. and, and, and drugs too. So I would take drugs of an evening by myself during the week to suppress my appetite, which meant that I didn't have to eat. And if I didn't eat, I wasn't going to make myself sick. So it was like a win-win. Plus you'd be mm. on a high. So I'd be really yeah. nice around the house. And like, because when you, obviously when you're bulimic and you're being sick, like you're just not a very nice person to be around. But mm. when you're on drugs, you are great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think everyone just thought, oh, well, she's she's fine now. Like she's all right. And yeah. then 
there was obviously times where I couldn't afford to do as many drugs that I was doing. So I would obviously then use alcohol because again, I found that if I was drinking alcohol, it wouldn't make me eat. Mm. So I decided that because I was going into rehab, I was going to do this properly. I was going to stop, but I didn't realize actually how much it, it was. It wasn't just correlated with my eating disorder. It had become a real problem. It becomes something that I relied on mm. in order to feel different emotions that I was feeling at that when I when I was drinking. So a bit like what we were going going back to what we were saying earlier about not being present in the moment because you want to be there and because you're having fun, you're drinking because you just you just need to feel something different. And so I did my six months and then I went back to drinking and it went horribly wrong. And then obviously Sam, your book came out. I read your book, then realized that you were sat like literally the seat in front of me. <laughs> Mad. Yeah, I think that was when we just but that like the but the day it came out or the day after it came out is when I first met you I and realized we were sitting right next to each other. Mad. Yeah. Because my mum had been on because I was sober then over Christmas and my mum had been on the phone to me about Sam Delaney's book is coming out about sobriety. And she came up to my room in the morning before West Ham. And I was really worried about that game because, again, I was going to be in an environment where I didn't want to drink, but I knew the pressure would be there. And I just wasn't very good at saying no. So if someone offered me a pint, I just would take it. And I said to mum, like, I am really struggling. And mum was like, Sam Delaney's book. Like, mm. honestly. And then at half time... Your mum is a legend. Oh, thanks. <laughs> I love your mum, yeah. Your mum loves Sam Delaney. So then <laughs> half time goes, Jess, I think that's Sam. And I'm like... Sam she's like Sam Delaney the book and I'm like mum I don't think it is like hun like put your glasses on no it's probably not <laughs> he's been, been sat in front of me this whole like for like a season yeah, yeah. I think I recognized him and then she said she was going to go and incognito sat sit next to him for the second half <laughs> <laughs> yeah she did didn't she? did she do the old <laughs> I thought I thought I'm in here she suddenly goes excuse me are you sam delaney and sam goes yes but like so, uh, a woman i thought, you, I thought you would have gone no autographs please <laughs> no i just loved it because my son was there so uh, like i think my son was there yeah it was my son and so like he just rips the piss out of me about everything. I mean, he's he's a quiet lad, but when we're together, he just loves to take the piss, right? And I was like, see that? That woman knew who I was. <laughs> Knows all about my butt. And he's going, shut up, it's a setup. But I obviously read the book. So then I was de- I was determined to go sober. And then I don't know what it was. A couple of weeks ago, I just decided that that was it. I could drink again. And I think my mental health went because I suffer with BPD, which is a form of bipolar. I think there are times where I genuinely do think that's it. I'm better. I can do this. It's not going to affect me. I can be like everyone else. I can be that person that goes out and gets wasted until 6 a.m., has a bit of a hangover day, but then gets up and goes to work. And what I realized and what Harry had to witness, (laughs) bless his cotton socks. I was like, he had to like, I was at at his mum and dad and they had to just lie me on a sofa all day. And I just didn't wake up. I just slept. The anxiety was just horrific. I was like, mate, you're right. And I was like, mate, I'm not all right. I didn't didn't want to be that friend where you sort of jump down in front and go, what are you doing? What are you doing? So so yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. To learn the way that she should have really and sort of realized what she was doing. Yeah, I think that's right. Realize herself. And then three, like two, three days after she's got over a hangover, like hangover, she sort of went, what did I do that for? Like, 
Do you mean she's all yeah, right? I think, I think, I think you're right, Harry. Because like when you're trying to not drink, one of the states of mind you get into. Oh no, when you're drinking, one of the states of mind you get into. I remember is that I think everyone's judging me. Everyone's yeah. telling me what to do. I won't be controlled by anyone. That was something, and I, I had this sense of myself like some sort of cowboy freedom fighter. Like, but really, I, I was just a sad old drunk in a pub. Do you know what I mean? Drinking fucking whiskey on his own, right? But in my mind, I was like. I'm just living this rebel lifestyle and all these fuckers are trying to control me and they can all fuck off. Right. <laughs> uh, and, and, and so then when people did say, you know, can, you know, what's going on with your drinking that would like feed into the narrative that I'd already, you know, created for myself in my mind. Mm. And so it's much better. The approach that you just said, Harry, sometimes to just, there's nothing really can do. If, no. if you, if you, if you, if someone you love is, is drinking or doing anything, you know, that's the thing. I, I now, after all these years, I look at what my wife went through and I, I talk to other people who are related to addicts because sometimes when I do book signs or whatever, you get like women come in and they go, my, I really wanted my husband to come today, but he won't. I think he's got a problem, blah, blah, blah. And you start to think, fucking hell, no one get, you know, addicts like us, we get, with there's loads of resources for us. And there's like, you know, there's, you know, books, there's a million books like mine written by former addicts saying, oh, isn't it hard what we went through? But actually... The fucking heroes, a lot of the time, are the people who love you and are, and are close to you, but they're utterly helpless. But they stick with you anyway because they've got faith in, you know, the good that's inside you sort of thing. But there is fuck all they can do. I would say the first step of addiction is actually admitting to yourself that you've got a problem. Yeah, yeah. But that was my take on things with Jess. I said, I saw what I pulled back and let her mm. sort of realise for herself that what she was doing was yeah. wrong because she's already the life of the party. She already goes from table to table. She don't need drinks mm. to sort of do that. So... I took a step back. I uh, know, I mean, you get, you know, fucking hell, she doesn't stop behind you during the game. <laughs> You're trying to watch the game, and all you can hear is this. And I'm thinking, fucking, I can't, I can't imagine what she was like when she was on the gear. If this is what she's like, so. <laughs> Sam, we, um, Mark, sorry, we had this conversation, didn't we, the other day about the fact that being stopping drinking gives you so much self confidence that you never knew you had. Like going to yeah. that work event or going to that friend who you know, like, well, but you don't know any of their friends, but going to their parties and meeting all these people for the first time and not having alcohol to rely on mm. to be really bubbly and be really vibrant walking away from that situation and then waking up the next day and being like, do you know what? I'm actually all right. Like I am yeah. fun. Like I am actually okay. Yeah. Mark, I remember you telling me about your, was it another work event that you went to or the West Ham Ways event? And you were like, I'm actually all right. Like, mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really uplifting. It's a nice feeling actually going out and you say having a great chat to people and having a good time. And, and it's, it is a lovely feeling. And you know what I love the most as well, especially going to West Ham is I actually go away and I remember the game. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I go, God, I remember that bit. And, I, and, and I'm telling, I'm, even at half time, I'm talking to people around me, right? And I'm saying, Oh, do you, do you remember that Sue check miss? And half of them don't even know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, they're yeah. So drunk. They're like, Oh, You're, who was that? That's it. You're absorbing all of it. Don't even yeah. remember the goal score. And I'm like, Yeah, you don't remember the goal. Like, oh, yeah. And I'm thinking, yeah. God, I used to be like that. I used, I used to actually come away from West Ham writing the reports for the West Ham way and having to read the report on the BBC because I couldn't remember the match. I'm like, I can't remember yeah. the score. I don't really remember what happened. It's like, it's so embarrassing. So yeah. like, it's, it's, I do like that feeling. And actually coming home is such a nice feeling. And you come back to home to your family, you're sober, you know, you get that fish and chips and you bring it home and something like that. You just, you can sit down and watch that. Yeah. Like, yeah. And then you got it's energy. Nice you come back. I used to come back full of sleep. Right. Yeah. I used to just come back. Well, and I've been, that as well, right? Yeah. Day, fall yeah. asleep. Yeah. And I just feel, 
And the next day, I'd just be saying sorry all the time. I'd be saying yeah. sorry to my wife, be saying sorry to my kids. And then I couldn't really do anything with the kids because I was hungover. So I'd just, yeah. you know, they go, do you want to do this? Do you want to do that? Go, maybe later. And I, I, hate, <laughs> I really hate, I hated that about myself. And I love yeah. having energy. It feels like you give yourself superpower. The main message that, you know, that I think this is this point's relevant to, that I try to give to everyone, but especially in this context where we're talking to our fellow West Ham fans and they might be thinking, oh, you know, could I could I knock it on the head? It's like, you don't need to think about what you're sacrificing. I personally never think about that. I never, I'm never in the, I never look around and think, gosh, look at them, pissed. Wish that was me. I only think about what I gain. Mm-hmm. And that's not, that that hasn't I haven't that's not the result of therapy or that's not the result of me doing any having any epiphany. It's just natural. It's just you end up very quickly thinking, fucking hell, look at all the things I gain. Yeah. And I haven't really lost anything. I have the best fun, the fun, the funnest, and I've said this to my wife and kids, so I don't care. I said, you know, those two days in Prague were the best two days of my life. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, they yeah, they were better than my wedding. And they yeah. were definitely <laughs> And they were definitely better than the fucking kids being born. That's a nightmare. Kids, <laughs> yeah, that's it's not... like it's not it's not fun being when when your kids are born. It's really fucking stressful and and just horrible, right? But like fucking Prague was absolutely fucking br- the best two days of my life. I had so much fun. You remember I fucking, everything. I remember mm. every detail, and I've been waiting my whole yeah. life for that, yeah. right? And I was with my two best mates. I've been going with them for years, right? We don't, we're all dads now, so we don't get to spend enough time together anyway. You know, you see each other quickly at the game once in a while. And, but this was two days going across Europe, you mates, bumping into loads of people, bumping into you, bumping into everyone five, every five minutes. And it was just the best time ever. It was a big moment for me because someone come from a, who's a drinker, I woke up in the morning of Prague and I said to Jess, I said, I'm not going to drink today. Yeah. I said, I'm, wow. I'm wow. going to touch, touch a drop of alcohol. Um, so I went through the whole day. I had all the boys come up to me saying, come have a drink, have a beer. Like, I said, no, no. And just turned around and think, oh, so why are you not drinking? So I said, I want to remember this moment. I said, this is the biggest yeah. West Ham mm. game in my life. I said, I want to remember every little second, every moment. And I went through the whole day. And I remember being on FaceTime to my dad and having that conversation with him and, and be able to speak with him because he couldn't make it to the game. And actually having mm. a conversation with him and actually understand what he's saying. And, and that will live yeah. forever. And um, and, got, and actually, we stayed out to about 5 a.m. that day, and it's just wow. we need alcohol. We just, yeah, did. yeah, yeah, yeah. And mm. it was brilliant. Mm. We got in at 5 a.m., we both didn't drink, and it was probably the best day of our life when we got to celebrate it together. So if it was great. Dropped, yeah. There are so many people that I've spoken to that were at the game in Prague and who have no recollection of Bowen's goal. And that makes me, <laughs> yeah. that oh, makes me so sad because that, yeah, was, it's a shame. Like you said, Sam, like, obviously it was, <laughs> I'm so sorry to your wife, but better than your wedding and mm. better than the birth of your sons. But I'm the same. If I'm ever lucky enough to meet someone to get married, like I will, that day will never be topped. Like I will never, Prague was the best. And I can remember everything from start to finish. You can't do that with drink. No. Even if you've had one, even if you've had two there or just one, just to, it, you do lose those memories. What would be mm. your top tips to anyone that maybe is thinking about going sober but is worried at the football about potentially being judged or not feeling feeling able to just mm. drink a soft drink or that feels like they're going to lo- like miss out what or, would be... or lose that match day experience? Yeah. What would be starting off with Mark? What do you, what would be your top? Oh. 
Well, I, I yeah, that, that was actually one big fear for me because I used to think, oh my god, how am I going to go to like, like for instance, when I had that drink last time I had a drink, the work thing, because I just felt like a bit embarrassed. Like, mm -hmm. oh, what am I going to say? Have a pint? Well, I can't say no. Um, but I actually found uh, well, one, there's now alcoholic beers everywhere. Like they're everywhere now. Restaurants, bars, it's rarely a place that doesn't do them. So I actually find them pretty useful. I know they might be a trigger for some people, but I actually really like them. Mm. And I used to feel quite embarrassed a little bit. I was thinking, oh, God, am I going to go into the bloody carpenter's arms with everyone going completely bananas? There's like beer on the ceiling. There's me going, oh, excuse me, can I have a Harlequin Zero? I feel like a right prat. But now yeah. I don't care. I, I say it quite proudly. I just say, yeah, I'll have a pint of that for me, old man. A pint for, he'll have one of them. He'll have a Guinness. And I'm going to have one of them zeros, please, mate. And I even say to them, because they because they come in a smaller can, I'll say, can you pour it in a pint glass and top it up with a bit of lemonade, mate? So it's like a pint. And I'll make a joke of it. So because I want to look like a pint. And people just don't care. Really. Yeah, yeah. People don't give a shit. They don't. No one cares. Yeah. Really. Like, I, I remember people not drinking around me. And I remember not caring. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. If someone said to me, oh, I'll have a Coke, I wouldn't go on and on and on. I'd just go, all right, yeah, you have a Coke then. Do you know I, mean? if I was always impressed. <laughs> For me, if it was someone who was like in the pub and mm. they're having a laugh and they're part of it and then you notice that they weren't drinking yeah i've been fucking i was so impressed by that yeah. because i'd think oh you can be one of the lads but you don't need to drink a special potion to make yourself like that you're just like that i think if you can just tell one you have to tell everyone but if you can just tell one person and that if in moment of doubt where in a moment of weakness you go to grab a pint they can just stop your hand and be like do you know what yeah, yeah. um mm. and that can be us i mean that can be that can be me that can be harry yeah. Sam, we might remember yeah. games. Mark, I just mm. wanted to touch on really quickly about your course that you're going to be doing in the month of June, mm. um, which is Wicked. And yeah, just feel free to, to give us more. Yeah, yeah. So it's like it's it's regarding uh, coaching, like sobriety coaching. I'm doing it sort of for two two reasons. One, to um, to learn that way of working, and also I think as well it'd be good for myself in terms of mm. like being sober. Um, apparently, it's very good on those both fronts. So yeah, I'm going to be doing that in January. But I think that's going to be I'm hoping that's going to be something I can sort of take on and do, um, in you know, professionally as well at some stage. So that's amazing. Yeah, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Really, really looking forward to that. So that be awesome. Coach, like how, like, will you be able to? So anyone can contact you if they need hand with with stopping. Yeah, or... and and I think the focus is also on grey area drinkers as well. So it's not necessarily mm. people that mm. are very uh, they're requiring sort of um sort of. Um, intense rehab things like that are really suffering it's more to do with people that are just generally like sort of day to day like we've like we've been talking about just caught up in that world of drinking and they're very much used to it. it's part and parcel of their lives but they just feel a bit stuck because mm. I found when I was um, realizing that I needed to make a change was that I just felt a bit alone but like there's no one else mm. everyone else seems fine why am I the only bloody person that's suffering so I think it's really mm. just to help out you know what I mean just to give that little bit of voice for some people that don't realize that mm. you know you don't have to suffer you can you can talk to somebody else and you're not on your own a lot there's a lot of people out there like like you're saying Sam people come to you sometimes and go yeah how mm. did you do that then do you know what I mean so there are mm. people that do suffer they just don't know how to to deal with it you know mm. Mm. I think that's amazing, mate. That's wicked. No, right. honestly, it's it's wicked, Mark. And I think sometimes awesome. you just need someone that that you can resonate with, and someone that you can also see yourself in. Like I saw myself a lot in Sam, which was what mm. go sober. Um, and I think the more of us, the merrier. So you know, if yeah. you know, if there's anyone yeah, yeah. that feels like <clears throat> they're they're struggling at the moment, or don't know where to start in terms of their sobriety journey, or just need someone to go to games with, like we're we're always yeah. With, yeah, yeah and like my dms on on instagram people often message me on there about about this issue 
and I, I always try to give advice and I'm always happy to do so and you know to anyone but especially if it's member of the West Ham family uh, you know that that to me is like you, you make a special effort then mm-hmm. and yeah I mean yeah people if people are trying to stay sober and they and they and they're struggling get give us a shout and we'll all get together and show yeah, you how it's done. Party. yeah 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 like sports social podcast network okay round two name something that's not boring a laundry oh a book club computer solitaire huh ah oh, sorry we were looking for chumba casino that's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, full work limited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.